Chapter 9. Uncomfortable Epiphanies Right before they set off, Sokka does a little experiment. Okay, Sokka says, let's try this. Try to take three steps forward, Zuko. Don't order me around, Zuko snaps, but he follows the direction anyway. The soft, fuzzy, warm feeling from their earlier cuddling, whatever it was, has dissipated, and now the air is tense. Both boys avoid each other's eyes as much as possible, fidgeting uncomfortably whenever their eyes happen to catch. The bond between them sings, asking for proximity, pleading for that earlier comfort, a stark contrast to what's actually happening on the ground. Okay, another four steps, Sokka instructs. Okay, stop. Sokka studies the distance between them. So this seems to be as far as we can go before we both start becoming the human equivalent of jellyfish. Four pairs of eyes study the length between Sokka and Zuko. It's not very far. Fuck, Zuko says with feeling. Sokka agrees. See, Sokka's a guy with an excellent sense of humor, okay? And he might have been able to appreciate the hilarity behind the awkwardness had he been soul-bonded to anyone but Prince Jerkbender. For once, since he woke up to the warm body curled into his own, a pale-skinned forehead pressed into his shoulder, it's getting harder and harder to ignore how startlingly attractive Zuko is. Honey-gold eyes against startlingly long lashes had blinked up at him, dark hair a beautiful contrast against light skin, cocooned by the warmth of the bond. Sokka had thought, shit. This was not the time to be thinking of such things so Sokka's going to firmly ignore his overactive thoughts. Not that that is too hard to do, now that another's thoughts pervade his own. For another thing, this drift of shadowed memory Sokka keeps getting is... distracting. Sokka's fairly sure it isn't coming from his own head. When had he ever seen so much crimson? But if it's Prince Jerkbender's thoughts, it doesn't just consist of a litany of honor, 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 find the avatar, regain my honor, as Sokka would have previously assumed. In fact, the stray memories are rather disturbing in their mystery. Who was that beautiful lady so prevalent? A golden memory in a haze of everything that seemed a glimmer of gray. So many flashes of burns and sears all over his body. Zuko didn't seem to be particularly accident-prone, but he did seem to have a healthy, unhealthy, reckless streak, coupled with a distinct lack of self-preservation. So maybe that's it. And why does Sokka keep seeing random flashes of furry creatures, especially turtle ducks? Sokka keeps having to rub at the left side of his face that keeps itching. Sometimes it sharpens to a dull pain from the cold and begins to throb. And Sokka's not going to think too much about that, because then he's going to have questions. Sokka would have been intrigued by the science if he hadn't been slightly freaked out. Seriously. Even Aang's sunny, optimistic, flowery view of the world would have been better than this. Spirits. Couldn't the universe give Sokka a break? Thankfully, the other two don't tease them about it. Sokka's not sure he could handle that. Zuko's not feeling very happy. Scratch that. He's never happy. But usually, it's just a floating, solid mass of misery. Now it's amplified, and there are specific places to target his ire. For one, Zuko's traveling with the Avatar and the Avatar's companions, who he's supposed to be chasing to regain his honor and make Ozai proud. That was bad enough, 
It feels like an act of act of treason against father. Zuko shudders at the thought of what father would do if he ever finds out that Zuko's doing this. He can hear the disdain in father's voice. Consorting with the enemy? You have fallen so far, boy. Suffering has taught you nothing. Zuko shudders. Then there's the larger and more immediate, urgent problem that is the soul bond between him and the Water Tribe boy. After the earlier scare and the... Embrace that Zuko is never ever going to think about again for as long as he lives. He can't look at Sokka without feeling a slight flush creep up his cheeks. It's hard to admit it to himself, but he wants more of that strange protectiveness, the lightness that filled his being, the unfamiliar kindness. It's pathetic, Zuko knows, but it's hard. He wants more. He wants, because the last kind touch he remembers with any clarity is mother's and she's been gone for almost six years. Uncle had tried, Agni bless him, but Zuko never let him because such things are for kids, and Zuko had better things to do like finding the Avatar. The mental channel between them seems to be wide and open. Zuko keeps catching stray thoughts that clearly aren't his. Hungry. Wonder if we have any seal jerky left. Memories of vast seas from the inside of a little boat, Zuko's never sat in. The inside of Igloo Holmes he's never treaded in. Flashes of little aquatic creatures Zuko's own eyes have never seen, though Zuko doesn't mind those too much. White hair and blue eyes. The princess's smile, somehow more beautiful than Zuko's own memory. It's disconcerting, and it makes Zuko extremely uncomfortable, because if he's seeing all this, what's Sokka seeing in his memories? It's a scary thing to consider. I won't talk about it if you won't, Sokka tells him hastily from where he's sitting across an office saddle, as far away as it's possible to get. Zuko blanches, hoping the other boy didn't hear the entire spiel that just went on in his head. Okay. He nods in agreement. Great, Sokka says. Whatever goes on inside, he waves a head around his head, stays inside. Agreed. Zuko promises. On his honor. What's left of it, anyway. Despite the promise, Zuko feels uneasy. Azula happily twisted promises to suit her liking, somehow always finding loopholes in them. Who's to say Sokka wouldn't do the same? They're both sharp of mind and had similar cynical outlooks. Zuko's mind is his only reliable fortress, and he cannot allow it to be compromised, so he resolves to at least find himself a shield. I'm going to meditate, Zuko announces to the group. The Avatar whips his head around curiously, instantly interested. It requires a flame, but it will not harm you. Aang leans forward, making Zuko tense, wary. Was he unwittingly committing treason by opening firebender secrets to the Fire Nation's enemy? Kuzan used to do that, Aang says. I never understood how he could focus with an open flame in front of him. Zuko frowned at the second mention of that hundred-year, very old-fashioned name and remembers unwillingly that this is the same kid who offered him friendship when all he offered back was flames and a knife. You meditate? Sokka asks, sounding surprised. Of course. Meditation hones the breath, and breath is essential to firebending. Huh. Sokka sounds contemplative as Aang winces for some odd reason. Would never have guessed. What are you insinuating? Sokka shrugs, lips turning up in an almost sly manner but it lacks the vicious edge of Azula's smirk when she's about to verbally murder Zuko. 
Instead, the water troy boy's tone is warmer than it's ever been. It's just that meditation sounds too calm for someone as ragey as you, Prince Jerkbender. Zuko absolutely does not rage at him for that. Okay, maybe he does a little, but the Water Tribe asshole absolutely deserved it. They don't find information in that stupid desert library, but they do almost get killed by the large owlcat-shaped spirit guarding it, as per the average weekday with the Avatar. Large owl-like eyes the size of Zuko's head blink at them all like the spirit can't decide whether to be hostile or not to this ragtag group. Hmm. You are a curious bunch indeed. Zuko's been raised to view spirits with reverence, but three years of chasing the Avatar through anything that even remotely hinted at magic tainted that reverence with a healthy dose of wariness and skepticism. So in a move that would make Uncle proud of him, Zuko doesn't speak first. He elects to study the rather cute fox spirit floating about Wan Shitong instead. He lets the Avatar, the bridge between the physical and the spiritual realm, make the first move. Perhaps observing the interaction will allow him to learn something. Except, as Zuko's starting to realize, beyond temporary displays of fearsome ancient power, the Avatar he's been sent out to capture and bring back is really just... what he is on the surface. A kid. Oh, Wan Chitong the Wise, sir, Aang says, bowing respectfully, even as he bounces on the heels of his toes. Please allow us to access your vast collection of knowledge. The owl hums in deep thought. When it speaks, its voice reverberates. Ancient wisdom woven in a child's body, with the youthful lens of hope. Hold on to that hope, and you will go far, young one. Aang blinks, taken aback. Um, thanks? It studies Katara next. Compassion in lethal form, it announces. You make a fine companion for the Avatar. Katara and Aang both turn pink. Sokka makes a face. Zuko glances between all three of them, curiously. Clearly something just transpired, but he doesn't quite understand it. He wonders if he should be wary, but then the echo of thoughts he's getting from Sokka isn't malicious, just embarrassed. Sokka shoots him a rueful grin. Oogie, he stage whispers. Katarath whacks him on the arm. Shut up, Sokka! Zuko is so confused. Sokka's reply is swiftly silenced as Wan Tong moves to loom over him next. Mind as sharp as a blade, heart of a swordsman, the spirit mutters. Sokka preens. You will be the key to unify many in the future. Ah, but what is this? You are bound to another. Its eyes land on Zuko, who scowls pausing in his attempts to pet the fox-like spirit that had wandered close to him. What? It's cute. You have known great darkness, and your heart is conflicted, the spirit began, but Zuko cut him off. He really, really doesn't want to hear what the spirit has to say. Do all you spirits speak so cryptically? Even worse than uncle, he thinks. Sokka hacks out a laugh, which he hastily turns into a cough but Zuko scarcely hears it as he's feeling a pang at the thought of, I hope uncle's all right. Wan Shitong tuts, flapping its wings in a way that screams displeasure. The sound echoes through the chamber of the library, reverberating like ancient whispers. Careful, child, lest your disrespect invoke my ire. Zuko goes cold at the word, taking an inadvertent step back, not even noticing the fox critter thing following him. Disrespect. 
That choice of wording has to have been intentional. The owl spirit grins, something malicious in its eyes. The air shifts, and suddenly Sokka's much closer, standing almost protectively between Zuko and Wan Shi Tong. Zuko blinks at the steady presence, some of the cold seeping away as the bond trills happily between them. Whoa there. We don't mean any trouble, Sokka says. Please, oh great, wise ancient spirit, Aang repeats calmly, and this time his voice seems to reverberate with more than just a child's inflection. Wan Chitong's feathers settle down. We do not mean any harm. We only wish to seek a drop of your fountain of knowledge. The spirit and the spirit bridge gaze at each other for a second longer. Aang's tattoos begin to glow almost ominously, and Zuko feels the hair on his skin rise. The moment is broken as the former seems to find something he's looking for in the avatar's glow, and gives way. Very well. I'll let you peruse my vast collection on one condition. To prove your worth as scholars, you have to contribute some worthwhile artifact to my library. Uh... Worthwhile artifacts? Aang repeats, looking a little lost as the spirit bends its body in an impossible contortion that reminds Zuko of Tai Lee and makes him miss home just that little bit more. Yes, I am waiting, young Avatar. Just give us a second to discuss. Sokka finishes for him, then turns to the rest of them. Uh, any of you got anything he'd consider worthwhile? Aang's already shaking his head. Air nomads travel light he tells them, as Zuko had expected he would. He studied all about them obsessively, after all. I don't have anything. I have a waterbending scroll, Katara says haltingly, holding up a familiar piece of parchment that makes Zuko's insides twist with a weird feeling of shame. Interesting, but I have many scrolls of knowledge. Wan Chitang ruffles its feathers in what Zuko's starting to learn is the spirit owl equivalent of a no. Katara looks relieved. Sokka hesitates for only a moment. Boomerang? He waves the weapon up at the spirit. Zuko distinctly remembers how much that thing had hurt when it had bonked him in the back of the neck and winces. The spirit scoffs. Human machinations of murder and war disgust me. Sokka scoffs back, muttering words under his breath that is definitely disrespectful. But luckily the spirit doesn't comment. Blue eyes find gold. Zuko? I don't think I have anything of interest, Zuko gestures to himself with the one hand that's not still petting the fox. What? It's as insistent as it is cute. It's not like he's got anything on his person, short of the no longer white robes he's been wearing since their little North Pole fiasco. The spirit huffs, dismissal clear. If you have nothing of interest, you may leave. Aang hesitates. Wait. He lifts up something, movement slow. It takes Zuko a moment to recognize what it is. His airbender staff. The one that not too long ago had given Zuko so much trouble, it's almost comical to remember now. Wan Chitong perks up. Oh, what's this? Beady eyes greedily study the staff. Oh, air nomad artifacts are exceedingly rare. Its tone is approving. Katara's already protesting. Aang, no, you can't give that up. Yeah, but... Aang tries to smile. It's okay. Air nomads aren't supposed to get attached to anything material anyway. The way he's holding onto the staff contradicts his own statement, though. Yeah, but it's the only thing you have from your temple, Sokka says. We'll find something else, Aang. 
It's the first time Zuko sees the Avatar looking anything close to miserable. And, well, he tries. He tries really, really hard not to feel it. But something in his chest softens at the unhappiness in the kid's eyes. Zuko understands more than anyone what it's like to cling to a remnant of home long lost to memory, after all. It's even harder to push away the sympathy he should absolutely not be feeling for the enemy of the Fire Nation, when he remembers that it's his people that relegated the airbenders to this. The memory of tiny skulls littering temple walls resurface. Sympathy turns into a sharp stab of guilt. It's okay. Aang's already trying to smile. He looks at Sokka and Zuko. We need to find out how to break your soul bond, right? Or else both of you will be trapped like this forever. Both older boys shudder. And then be vulnerable in some way, forever. It's okay. It's just a staff, in the end. Agni. Zuko cannot believe this. Frankly sweet child is the Avatar. A fine addition it will make to my collection. Wan Chitong looks as gleeful as an overlarge owl can look as he swoops in to take the staff, the last relic of the air nomads Aang will ever have, beyond Appa. The Avatar is supposed to be the enemy, but holding up something precious to him as a sacrifice. Aang, at the moment, looks more like a kid than Zuko's ever seen him to be, one giving up his favorite toy. Wait! Zuko's voice rings out. Every human and non-human eye turns to him, like that day in Father's war room. That's not an offer, he says hastily, as Wan Tong's disconcerting eyes begin to storm. But does it have to be an artifact? Would you accept something worthwhile in the form of knowledge instead, sir? Brilliant! Sokka's mental voice filters in. My intelligence is rubbing off on you. Zuko rolls his eyes. What intelligence? He mentally shoots back, the banter coming easy. Or do you mean lack of it? Sokka very maturely sticks out his tongue, proving the point. Aang and Katara looked bemused. Hmm. Wan Chitong tilts its head. Knowledge. An interesting offer. And what knowledge does one so young have that I, in my wise years of age, know not? Well, Zuko could probably demonstrate five different ways to maim someone without killing them with pinpoint fire. He had been an excellent test subject for Azula or reciting the haunting monologue of the Blue Spirit from Love Amongst the Dragons. But he's fairly sure that's not the kind of knowledge Wan Chitong wants. He offers both anyway. The first suggestion causes the Avatar and his companions to have expressions that range from trouble to shock. But Wan Chitong only looks enraged. I have no interest in human machinations of murder and war, the spirit repeats. Hypocritical, considering he looks ready to murder us. Sokka's mental voice whispers. Zuko kills a startled laugh before it makes it out of his mouth. He just about catches the pleased emotion from the other boy now. Zuko's second offer makes the spirit appear to consider. I know every line from Love Amongst the Dragons, Wan Chitong says, while the rest of the group oogles at Zuko, who ignores them with great dignity. But culture and the fine arts are of interest to me, and this library sadly lacks such. Zuko thinks fast glancing around for inspiration. Scattered around them are several artifacts organized in a system he can't understand just by looking, only that there clearly is one. Oh, hey! Aang's jumping on the balls of his foot suddenly. I could sing, he offers. The spirit blinks at him in complete bewilderment. Like, what makes you think that is valuable knowledge? 
and honestly, Zuko commiserates. Aang's still enthusiastic. The Air Nomads have... had... all these beautiful songs to accompany our rituals for every year of growth. I bet you haven't come across them before. The casual correction to past tense has Zuko wincing. Wanshitan cocks its head the other way as it deliberates. You are correct. I know not of Air Nomad rites and rituals. The spirit ruffles one wing, and the fox spirit Zuko's been petting chitters and scampers away. Zuko feels the loss of its softness a little. Barring Appa, he can't remember the last time he'd held something so soft. But it quickly returns with a scroll and a quill it holds in its maw. Where had the feathers for the quill come from? Zuko wonders, and decides not to ask. Carry on, then, young Avatar. I will transcribe it for our records. Aang beams, like any child would when asked to sing, but his eyes hold a kind of sorrow no child's eyes should. When he begins, Zuko feels the blood draining from his face. Out beyond ideas of wrongdoing and right-doing, there is a field I'll meet you there when we frolic in that grass. The world is too full to talk about ideas, language, even the phrase each other doesn't make any sense. Let's meet. Zuko knows this song. How could he not? He studied every scroll and write and every single piece of the air nomad culture he could get his hands on in his search for the elusive figure of the omniscient avatar. It had been natural to pick this up, too. Aang's eyes open in shock when Zuko begins to sing, too, his voice quiet but carrying clear. Each other there, the breeze at dawn has secrets to tell you. Don't go back to sleep. You must open your eyes to the colors of the world, so don't go back to sleep. Zuko's lower baritone notes contrast Aang's higher childlike voice nicely. Mother would have called it musical harmony, Zuko thinks. He wonders what she would think of him, if she could see him now. Would she approve? Would she be appalled? Father would. Where the sun meets the moon, the dawn greets the day, where the earth and air touches, where opens the way. When the middle we meet is when we'll be complete, so don't go back to sleep. Like the sun always shines after the rain. Hope and dreams linger far past fear and pain, so don't go back to sleep. Right here in the majestic light, we lay to rest what blinds our sight. Mistrust and misgivings we suspend with open hearts. It's how you and I begin again, and together we begin again. Everyone's staring at him, save the spirit, Zuko realizes, and his face flushes. For whatever reason, his eyes meet Sokka's, who look completely off-kilter. Zuko can't read anything from him. 
Katara looks like she can't decide what she's thinking either. Zuko glances quickly at Aang, hoping he didn't just misstep. Would Aang see it as offensive? The Prince of the Fire Nation appropriating his destroyed culture? Zuko probably would be ready to fireball the other person's face in, if the positions had been reversed. But true to the big heart Zuko's coming to realize Aang harbors, the Avatar only has a small smile on his face. A smile Zuko and the rest of his people don't deserve, no matter how righteous their side had been. Nothing was righteous enough for genocide. There's a look in Aang's eyes that makes Zuko uncomfortable. That was nice, Aang comments quietly. I didn't know you sang, Zuko. I don't, Zuko says haltingly. Where'd you learn that? Aang asks slightly, casually, like it didn't matter very much when it obviously fucking did. I, um... Zuko stumbles through his words, stomach suddenly coiling with burning shame. He looks away. I learned it from one of the scrolls at the Western Air Temple, back when I was looking for the Avatar. Um, for you. There's silence as everyone contemplates the utter bizarreness of this universe, where the Prince of the Fire Nation and the Last Airbender, with all the history of tragedy and fear between them, just performed a melody that spoke of hope and union. Wan Chitong's fox spirits are still busy scribbling away. Then, well, Sokka draws cheerfully, we've just dropped seven degrees of awkward, huh? The water tribe boy slings one hand across Aang and Zuko's shoulders. To Zuko's surprise, his own body doesn't even tense at the contact. Sokka's pressure at his side is welcome and comforting. The gold-blue thread between them seems to hum in pleasure. Zuko finds himself abruptly grateful for the water tribe boy right then, for his steady solid presence and his constant ability to diffuse tension with well-placed wit. Ocean blue eyes grin at Zuko, almost beautiful in its warmth. And wow, where did that thought come from? It must be the soul bond, Zuko decides, with his face flushing as Wan Tong finally sets them loose upon his collection. It's messing with his head, and with Sokka's. Good thing they were going to get rid of it very soon.